Welcome back to Screen Time. I'm Ro Khan. I'm Richard Roper. We've got a big contest. If you would like to, uh, you know, maybe have some fun around the big awards show coming up that features films. That's right. All you have to do is go to AmericanEagle.com slash ballot. That's AmericanEagle.com slash ballot. Fill out your picks in all 23 categories. It's very, very simple, Ro. People are saying, well, what do I have to do? All you have to do is make your picks. The ballot will walk you right through the process. And then one lucky winner is going to win a movie and streaming series swag package of items that are not even commercially available. We're talking T-shirts and mugs. There's even a cool suitcase from a movie. I won't give away anything more than that. Coffee table books. Wow. Other kind of cool souvenirs. The stuff that the studios give out to people who are on the sets of movies and certain movie critics who might have pulled in a favor or two to get these prizes. <laughs> so go to AmericanEagle.com slash ballot and fill out your form. You could win a big prize package. Right. We're not charging you for it. Nope. And we are not using your email for any kind of push notifications no, or anything like that. you don't even have to sign up for the podcast. I mean, if you want to listen to it, you can listen to it. But we're all we're doing is doing this is a fun thing but hopefully you will sign up and download and subscribe as so many people have been doing and we really appreciate that yeah there you go let's give them some stuff they can listen to on this podcast oh let's do that for example big story late last week major league baseball announced that they are moving their all-star game out of atlanta because they don't like the legal change in voting rights in that state a growing controversy and more calls for protests and boycotts first of all major league baseball they're getting a lot of blowback a lot of even the atlanta braves say we understand the reasoning behind this but we think this hurts our local economy including a lot of working class people who would have had jobs and more businesses around all-star weekend they're also going to do the major league draft in atlanta and they're not going to do that as well on the other hand there's widespread support for this and this might just be the tip of the iceberg in the last week or so there's been a lot of talk about hollywood and Georgia. We've talked about this, Row. So many shows. We're going to go through some of the shows and movies that have filmed and are filming in Georgia because they give these incredible tax incentives. They also give you lots of breaks if there are weather-related things. Like in a lot of cities, you know, sometimes productions have to shut down. And, of course, the relatively mild climate is another attraction sure. there. Uh, James Mangold, terrific director, he did Ford versus Ferrari. He tweeted out he will not direct a film in Georgia unless this law is overturned or changed. Mark Hamill, everybody knows him as Luke Skywalker, voiced his support for that. The guy from Uber Eats commercials? Uh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. yeah, the guy who's in with the other guy from the Star War yeah. or, the, or the Skywalking mm -hmm. uh, uh, ring uh, thing. Yeah, Star Trek, this is the Trek of Stars. <laughs> um, yeah, so Mark Hamill is in support of this. And, Ro, it's kind of a – it's an interesting discussion to me because I get, you know, this idea of, of you know, okay, let's take these productions, these massive productions out of Georgia. Then a lot of people are saying, well, wait a minute, you're talking about – tens of thousands of jobs and on most movie and tv sets you know the stars and the directors and the producers are making lots of money and then the cinematographers and the editors and, and other types of professionals are making good money and then there's a ton of people that are making a solid income who are working class and this is one of the things that's always killed me when people talk about the hollywood elite because about 95 percent of the jobs are caterers and sound technicians and truck drivers, a lot of union jobs, and they're great jobs, but people work their asses off on these shows. And a lot of the productions that are done in Atlanta are focused on African Americans. Taylor Perry built a multi-billion dollar facility down there that is doing all kinds of stuff, including an African American-based soap opera and an incredible slate of films that are upcoming 
it does seem like everybody's a loser in this. It's a very tough situation. I know the intentions are are very good when people talk about, well, let's let's film elsewhere. Logistically, practically, and financially, I don't see it really happening on a large scale road for, for certain shows. For example, The Walking Dead, which is in, I don't know, season 407 now, and there are, you know, spinoffs and everything. That's an Atlanta-based show. I think on the show, I haven't watched it for years, but, you know, they're in Georgia, you know, in this post-apocalyptic zombie land. You're not going to take that show after years and years and years and move it from Georgia. Now, on the other hand, you know, if you do talk about uh, any show or movie or production moving, yes, it's terrible for the people who are going to lose their jobs. It, it's kind of, it'll, it'll even out in terms of there will be jobs somewhere else in some right. other state. That doesn't, that's no solace for the people who are working in Georgia. Uh, I know Stacey Abrams has also kind of voiced mixed opinions about this thing. We obviously, she's been at the forefront and really got the vote out and might be the person singly most responsible for those two Georgia Senate runoffs and getting the vote out. And even Stacey Abrams was saying, gosh, this is really going to hurt us. You know, maybe we stay here and use our voices, including Tyler Perry and other big stars and productions that are in the Georgia area. Well, it has attracted a lot of people to Georgia. It's attracted a lot of artists, a lot of filmmakers, yeah. editors, all the people who work in the creative arts. And they do tend to vote more blue than they do Absolutely, red. Absolutely, 100%. But it's not that many people at the end of the day. No, it's it. Well, it, it, it in some of the elections we've had recently, it might have been enough. But you're right. It's 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 way fewer than one percent of the voting population. We talk about all the people that have that have moved or relocated there. You know, it's interesting. You know who the first kind of crazy surprise star to move to Atlanta was? Elton John. What? Yep. When, when he moved to Atlanta, he in didn't the tell me in the. In the 1990s. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was kind of interesting that, because Atlanta's got some really beautiful suburbs. Sure. There's oh, beautiful yeah. land east of there as you head toward South Carolina, and there's great golf. I don't think Elton's a, a I'm sorry, Sir Elton is a golfer, but oh, whatever. Oh, he's got a great short game. So I'm going to just leave that there because I'm a big fan. I uh, am too. I love him. But I couldn't quite figure out what it was. But Georgia has been for 25 years giving these kinds of tax breaks and trying oh, to okay. encourage the film industry because you can make it look like a lot of different places. And that's all well and good. But yeah. the politics of this are very screwed up because what you have is the last gasp of mm. people who want to use what are pretty arcane rules to keep people from being able to freely vote. And this is the whole argument in America, right? Should voting just be super easy or should you, you know, have to know a few things and have a driver's license or a government ID or any of that? I, and I understand the argument that there are people who are cheating and voting. But the problem with this argument, and this is what makes me so mad about this, is that the Republican secretary of state in Georgia said this was a fair election and the yeah. county registrars in Georgia said this was a fair election. And now they're just saying, hey, listen, we cannot have a blue state here. We got to do whatever we can to make it red. And if we make it harder for poor people to vote, that's what we're going to do. And that, to me, is not the American way. And I get the sentiment. I totally understand the sentiment of 
the artistic community there, but this may not be the way yeah, to do it. it. it I, there's a real conflict there. And, you know, there are a lot of people, too, saying, hey, wait a minute, this, this new law expands certain hours and does this and does that, to which you say, then why are three different GOP lawsuits trying to make sure that this law isn't struck down? And the one that's gotten the most attention is the one be, that should get the most attention because it's so egregious, and that's the idea that it would be a misdemeanor. It is a misdemeanor to bring food or water to anyone who's waiting in line to cast a vote. And people are mocking that. I saw one panel on one of those cable uh, news channels that might lean so hard to the right they almost fall over every day. And they're mocking it. And one of them said, you know, I never needed snacks when I went to vote. And I'm like, listen, asshole, you never had to wait 12 <laughs> hours in line in an impoverished neighborhood right. where you, people were working actively for you not to cast your lily white ass privilege vote so and i've also heard from a ton of people who say they're setting up lemonade stands they're going to serve water they're going to bring food but that's just a, a general idea there that that's just ridiculous now you brought up an interesting point too ro about how georgia has such an interesting topiary and different climates and looks to it so i want to go through a couple of the shows and movies that have filmed or are filming in georgia as we speak and this is one that i have to admit i was surprised even after watching the show, and that would be Ozark. Because I thought Ozark was set and filmed. Well, it is set yes. in the Ozarks. I thought it was also filmed in mm. the Ozarks. And occasionally, I think they might do an overhead airplane type of or drone type shot mm. of the actual Ozarks. But all of the rest of it is Georgia. You know, and you watch that show, there's no way you would think that that's not the Ozarks. I mean, it's a beautifully filmed show. I would not um, be able to tell the difference. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, but I, you know, I, the people in the Ozarks will 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 tell you that they'll tell you something different. <laughs> but you know, will. here's another one for you: Stranger Things, the wildly what? popular nostalgia kind of supernatural show set in Indiana. Oh no! Filmed in Georgia. Oh no! That's not Indiana. Uh, what we about the upside down world? Is that in Georgia or is I, that in Indiana? That is. Let's see what's upside down. Would that be Florida then, or do we go the other direction? <laughs> that would go with um, Indiana. And um, Cobra Kai season four is currently filming in Georgia. Now Cobra Kai, which I love, by yeah. the way, and pe people who don't know, it picks up the story of the Karate Kid, Daniel Sun, played by Ralph Macchio. In present day, and he's still having problems with that Johnny Lawrence, you know, the guy that had the skeleton costume. They're still battling each other, like 55 years old now, but it's brilliantly <laughs> done because their kids are involved now. And, yeah. you know, Cobra Kai, as I remember, Ro, they were fighting for the All-Valley Championship. I mean, I thought for sure that that show was filmed in Southern California. It is being filmed in Georgia. And then so many of the giant... You're making a really good argument for just pulling all filmmaking out of Georgia because it gives us cognitive dissonance. It's very strange. And there's been some there's been some Chicago set movies. We're going to talk about our hometown and how that's been represented elsewhere. But there's been some where they put the fake snow on the front lawn in the house in Georgia. And they're like, we're in Chicago. No, you're not. <laughs> Uh, but the other thing you mentioned, you know, the, the great production facilities, so many of the Marvel Universe movies have filmed primarily in Georgia. Avengers Endgame, Black Panther, Wakanda's in Georgia? What? Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant-Man, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. So Georgia, you know, and you have to give the state and their film office a lot of credit, Ro, because you said this has been yeah. going on for a long time. They did this. Every state has its opportunities, and there are other states that have done great jobs. Uh, New Mexico, for example, uh, people know, I think by now, that Breaking Bad, of course, was set in Albuquerque and filmed entirely in Albuquerque and now Better Call Saul. And I've told this story before. I used to go to the Albuquerque studios for the Reels channel once a month. You and I were doing a radio show. Right. 
And we had a program director who was not happy about finding out I had this contract that allowed me to go to Albuquerque for a day and a half every month because I had a pre-existing deal with the Reels Channel. There, they moved from LA to Albuquerque for the tax incentives, and I would because I'd have to have my feet on New Mexico soil for that to count for all the shows. So I would tape a month's worth of shows. And I remember them taking me on a tour of the Albuquerque studios, and they were just building the Breaking Bad sets, but also so many movies. They've got, Ro, they've got studios there that are so big that you can fly helicopters inside. That's how big some of the studios are there. And so many movies are filmed in New Mexico because the terrain is perfect for a movie set 2,000 years ago mm-hmm. or 2,000 years in the future. That's true. Just, if you want your dystopian desert. Yep. You got it. You know, Book of Eli stuff. So there's a lot of stuff going on with it, with Atlanta, with New Mexico. And I wanted to talk to you, if we could, for a little bit, mm-hmm. if you don't mind. All right. Do we have to take a break? Are we okay? You know what? Let's do that. Let's take a break. And then I want to talk to you, Rokan, about movies that are set in one city but filmed elsewhere. And I think people will be surprised by some of these. Oh, this is a cheater kind of moment here. We'll tell you all about that. But first, Floyd's. 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 Screen Time with Rowan Roper is sponsored in part by Floyd's. Your haircut, your way. Floyd's 99 Barbershop has expert barbers and stylists who take pride in crafting the perfect cut every time. Walk in, book online, or give your shop a call. Learn about their safety practices at floydsbarbershop.com. Safety never looks so good. It is always disappointing when you think a movie is shot one place, but it's really shot somewhere else. Even like New York has gotten ripped off. And again, in part because we're talking about the economics mm. of shooting a film in a, an industrial northern state. You got weather interruptions and you got high taxes and the filmmakers just don't want to do it. This is show business, not show friends. <laughs> What's interesting to me, though, is when your city is portrayed by another city, you're all outraged. But if someone comes to your town, but they want it to pretend it's another town, that's cool. Now, for example... <laughs> Here in Chicago, where there's a ton of production, and we've been lucky for 30 or 40 years now, a lot of great movies and TV shows uh, filmed here. But, Ro, Empire, the show business saga where, you know, the offices are in New York City, is filmed here in Chicago and has been all on. My sister worked on uh, props on that show for years and years, and it was great because there'd be some, you know, street in Chicago, for example, Dearborn, which is a pretty big thoroughfare in Chicago, and they turn that into like uh, Fifth Avenue. You know, they, and they put the the street signs up, and you just show the exterior of a brownstone, and then you are, the, by the way, across the alley from that brownstone right yeah, now. I, I, I did, yeah, that's actually that's actually true. And I remember when it was turned into New York City, and then the uh, most recent season of Fargo with Chris Rock, which was set in Kansas City, but they actually filmed it in Chicago. Now, Chicago is another place. We're obviously biased, but it, it, it just films so beautifully, but also can represent so many different types of eras and neighborhoods. Right. I mean, you, you can go to different parts. There are certain scenes in The Untouchables that, that were set in 1933. They didn't have to change anything. And I think the key there is being close to a big airport. I think that's why Atlanta is successful. Mm, yeah. Chicago is successful in that. Toronto and, and Vancouver and places like that. Because you can get in and you can get out. The, the, the people generally don't live there, whether it's the cast or some of the higher-end people in the crew. They're all living in other places in the world. This, again, goes back to why Georgia might be making a big mistake here. Mm. Those are good-paying jobs, so it is going to hurt their tax base. Absolutely. It's interesting, too, Ro. You mentioned when 
when talent comes in uh, for TV shows and and movies. Now, obviously, a lot of the crew is local. You, you're homegrown, which is the great thing. In other words, there are people right. in in Georgia. I guarantee you that have worked on The Walking Dead and have worked on a Marvel Universe movie. And a lot of crews. I mentioned my sister did props for Empire for years. She's now working on a show for Showtime called Work in Progress, a Chicago set show, which is in its second season. And that that job came about because there was somebody from Empire who said, hey, you know, this would be a great series and somebody knows somebody and somebody knows something else. But when the stars come to town, it's also an interesting thing because if they're in a city like Atlanta, a city such as New York or Chicago, there are condominiums, there are apartments that could be rented. And of course, some of the big stars, you'll find out that they lived in a giant home. Because if they're going to be here for two or three months, some stars would love to have. They, sometimes they even bring the wife and kids. And speaking of homes, mm -hmm. here's one for you. Uh, Dr. Richard Kimball's home in The Fugitive, where the murder takes place. And it's this gorgeously appointed home. It's the kind of home you think, you think well, that's probably a movie set. That was recently for sale in Chicago, Ro. And I checked out the listings and the, the design and everything. It's a beautiful home, but it still has, like, that staircase and the balcony. I mean, it looks huh. like... It looks like Dr. Richard Kimball's home. It's pretty cool. But I wonder if they got all the blood out of the floor oh, and the walls and the bedroom bad. carpeting. All right. Things. I want to talk to you as well, though. Yeah. About And listen, we're going to go Chicago-centric because we're here. But I know that wherever you're at, you can always hit us up on the AmericanEagle.com website for screen time and give us your feedback. We love getting that. But I got a couple examples of stuff that has driven me nuts, Ro, about mm -hmm. Chicago set movies. For example... They did a remake of Death Wish with Bruce Willis and his family. They lived in Evanston, which is a northern suburb of Chicago. Mm -hmm. It's where Northwestern University yep. is located. Beautiful place. And every time there was trouble, there was a lot of trouble afoot in that movie. Break-ins and arrests and stuff. The Chicago police would just drive to Evanston and fill out the reports, you know. And I'm like, well, you, you can't do that. You, can't, you, know, that well, you know a lot of coppers, right? Yeah. That they, happens they, all the Chicago time. cops can't go to Evanston, right? Uh, yeah, they actually can if they're chasing somebody into Evanston. Well, if they were chasing somebody, of course. They, yeah. don't, they don't say, oh, we got to the Evanston no. border. It's no, no. Not, it's, 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 I would like to it's point out. It's not occupied France. I get that, that if there was a high-speed chase going on. No, this was like there was a break-in in the house in Evanston, and they say, let's call the police, and the Chicago police show up. But here's another one for you. Now, yeah. this one, and you know a lot about the technology that has uh, improved so much over the years in, in terms of uh, police work and tracking criminals and things like this. There was a movie called The Watcher, and it came out, I believe, in the year 2000. Uh, Keanu Reeves was a crazy killer, and James Spader was the cop trying to track him down, the detective trying to get him. And at one point, they get some sort of bug on him, some sort of device that can track him, right? The criminal guy, the Keanu Reeves guy. And they're trying to track it down, and the technology is like this, and it kind of looks like an old video game. And they finally go, we got him. He's at 1100, basically 1100 North Dearborn. And as Roan knows, this is in, what, what would they call it? The Gold Coast yes. area of Chicago. Mm -hmm. It's in the middle of the city. And they go, oh, right by the lake. And they show a map in the movie. And it's way, it's about 60 blocks north. And I'm like, how do you get that wrong in a movie? Like, so wrong. I think every town that has ever been shown in a movie, you wonder those things. Because there's a, they talk about north side and south side and east side and west side. In New York, there's often a mistake that's made where... They'll talk about Queens. We're in Queens. We're in Queens. We're in Queens. And people in Brooklyn go, that's Brooklyn. Yeah. What are you yeah. doing? And I, you know, listen, it's make believe. I get that. It's just to, to me, certain mistakes could easily be corrected. You're filming a movie in Chicago. It's even two, 20 years ago. It's pretty easy to check out addresses. Uh, there was a movie that actually mentioned the wrong county. 
that Chicago was in, I remember, at one point. And it's like, there isn't anybody on the set that would go, hey, by the way, it's not Wayne County. That's in Detroit. Yeah. I mean, those are the ones where it drives me nuts. And one that I think it's almost overdone, but it is very, very obvious, it's When Harry Met Sally, which is a wonderful movie. And everybody <laughs> thinks of it, of course. I know where you're going here. You know, Everyone in Chicago ahead, right? complains about this. Yeah, because it's this beautiful, Rob Reiner made this beautiful romantic comedy which was like the good part of the Woody Allen canon where everything yes. in New York looked gorgeous and this wonderful story about two friends eventually falling in love. I watched it recently and it does, you know, there's certain things you're like, eh, okay, it's dated, but not really because it had a universal appeal. Beautiful story. But the story kicks off in Chicago. They're college students and we know they're playing college students because Meg Ryan could pull it off and Billy Crystal had to have a bad wig to make him look <laughs> like he was 20. He's a and, grad student. Yeah, he's a grad student. Let's go with that. And they are going to share a ride. To It was Billy Crystal's character, Harry. He was the Harry of When Harry Met Sally. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a girlfriend at the time, and this was the girlfriend's friend. And they were both going to New York, so they're going to share a ride. They didn't know each other at all. So they leave the University of Chicago, and they get on Lakeshore Drive, and they head the wrong way. And that's what drives everybody from Chicago nuts because they're like, they're never going to make it to New York. The movie will never go. You have to go to the and, North Pole to get there. to me, it's like, okay, yeah, they should have figured that out, but who cares? You know what I mean? So <laughs> well, let's just figure it this way. That was their first bickering. They, they got up right to Evanston where the Watcher eventually was found, even though he was supposedly in downtown Chicago or in the Gold Coast, I should say. And then Sally said, you're going the wrong way. And Harry turned around and there was a big discussion about how men don't like to read maps and won't stop for directions or something like that. You know, it turns out the producers, writers, directors, they really don't care about that stuff. They just want to tell a good story, be done with it. It's movie yeah. logic. Yeah, I think it depends. I think I, I think some care enormously about it. I don't think you're ever going to see Martin Scorsese uh, doing a gangster film set in Vegas where you're going to spot the uh, Space Needle in the background, okay? Okay. But I got some for you, Ro. Okay? Yeah, right. I got some for you. Okay, keep going. Um, just to kind of I can tell you're obsessed this. by this. Go ahead. I am, because that's always been fascinating to me. Uh, of course, the first Halloween, which was set in Haddonfield, Illinois, uh, filmed in Los Angeles, because you could see that Jamie Lee Curtis lived on a street with palm trees, yes. which we don't have the, in the, Illinois. By the way, the palm trees are always the tell. That's the big tell. And that when goes they, back to the back. 1940s. Yeah. Well, and let's go back a little while here. I got a couple for you. Not quite to the 1940s, but this one I just learned recently, and I did not know this. Scarface, ah. the Brian De Palma classic super violent gangster epic that has taken on a Amazing life of its film. own yes. over the years uh, was filmed in Los Angeles. Not in Miami, believe it or not. There are a few scenes that were filmed in Miami. You see some exteriors. The crew spent about 10 days in Miami. That's it. Miami didn't want them there, especially the Cuban-American community because right. this was a story about Cuban gangsters and corruption and drugs and violence. So yes, there are certain scenes there. You know, you see them on the streets, and it's clearly uh, what is it, Fifth Avenue in, in Miami? It's clearly Miami Beach. But the bulk of that movie was filmed in Los Angeles. The Tony Montana Mansion, the famous mansion with all the security yeah. cameras and all that stuff. Come and meet my little friend. Is in Montecito. What? It's a, and is and is a real home that was not a set. So somebody had some. Oh, I don't. They might have changed the interior decorating. Montecito is all hilly, and, and that's like, where that mansion is. How is that sold possible? for twelve million dollars not that long ago? I don't know if the mountain of cocaine and Michelle Pfeiffer were included. I don't think so because she gets tiger. Is the tiger there? The tiger and all that stuff with the big tub. So that to <laughs> me was a, a, a shocker. Um, the Philadelphia Story, which is a classic movie from oh, back yes. in the day, right? Okay. Filmed entirely in Culver City, California. Yeah, well, that makes uh, sense. Dallas Buyers Club. Guess where Dallas Buyers Club was filmed? 
Don't say Dallas. Houston? New Orleans. Oh. And I didn't know that, that having seen the movie for whatever reasons. Uh, this one, I didn't know this, but I'm not totally surprised. Saving Private Ryan was actually filmed in Ireland in the UK. They, they did a little bit of France. little filming in, in France, some exterior shots. But you could certainly see why portions of the UK and Ireland could fill in for the locations for that. Well, craziest one of all times, I believe, is Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal yeah. Jacket was shot exclusively in London. They had to bring the palm trees in on barges up the Thames River to go to the studio to replicate Vietnam. And the City of Way battle, which is the final setting in Full Metal Jacket, was shot at a torn-down auto factory in North London. That's incredible. Of course, Stanley Kubrick, the mad genius, and maybe of all the perfectionists who have been behind the camera, Kubrick might have done the most takes and been the most exacting, but also produced you know, one masterpiece after another. And even Eyes Wide Shut, set in New York City, where the streets were available for extended set pieces, there's one scene where Tom Cruise's character is out on the streets late at night and someone looks to be tailing him and he meets someone. They recreated the entire neighborhood again in the UK because that's how Kubrick, he wanted that studio right. safety and he didn't want any outside elements getting in the way. Well, he didn't fly. And that was his other thing. That's once, problem. Once he moved to England, he never left. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's incredible. I'll leave you with this one. Uh, and this one I don't think will shock a lot of people because if you go back and you look in your mind's eye and your memories of Casablanca and you think about the way it was filmed, filmed entirely on the Warner Brothers lot mm -hmm. in Burbank and the airport was the Van Nuys Airport. Yeah. Pretty incredible. I know. Um, well, the airplane taking off is on a string, and you can see that in the movie. Yeah. And I mean, it, but it's you know, it's set in our hearts and our minds and our imaginations. Sure. And when you think about it, so many of those scenes are interior scenes, whether it's the Blue Parrot nightclub or the place where you know you were all shocked and shocked to find gambling going on. And what they did so often back in the day for movies like that, if if it was set against the backdrop of the war, you'd have all these interior shots, and then all of a sudden some. Clearly outside documentary footage of the Germans marching through France <laughs> and then back to Bogey and Bacall right, right. on the studio lot saying, you know, look out the window, kid. You know? <laughs> and then we look out the window and it's like, ah! you know, but it's movie magic. I, I think overall they try to do a good job. We're all perfectionists. It goes back to when we see our own profession described in movies right. or, or portrayed sucks. in movies. And I, I do always remind people, you know, there was the, I had a great quote one time from Michael Keaton, the great Michael Keaton, when he was playing Batman. And people were asking him all these questions at a press conference about the, the, the use of Catwoman's leather and whether Batman was a, a symbol of a Hamlet-like figure and what was the symbolism and the underlying Freudian nature of it. And Michael Keaton said, all right, just stop. He said, there's life. And there's movies. And this is a fucking movie. <laughs> Thank you. And good night. And I was like, Thank you, Michael Keaton. <laughs> that is really that is you very know. true. I had a mobster in Chicago once tell me <laughs> that <laughs> Well, I asked him. I we were I was at a lunch and he happened to have been at the lunch. It was funny because we shared a lawyer. I don't know how the whole thing worked out. So I'm sitting next to this guy who is a notorious Did he have a nickname? Was he like, he was, oh, I know yeah. he wasn't Joey the Clown Lombardo. I can't say who it Or No-Nose DeFranzio. But he, did he have a, a nickname that was about either his yes. a body part or yes. a facial part? Or, yes. Uh, okay. His ethnicity, quite oh, honestly. Oh, okay. And he, uh, now I gave it away. Oh, well, anyway, the point is. He could have been the little Romanian. We don't know. And he said to me, 
Mobster mm. voice impersonated. The best mob movie tells the story the way it really is. Huh. A Bronx Tale. No kidding. Yeah. And that's the Chaz Palminteri film. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, Godfather, because I always talk about Godfather, like the whole thing of The Sopranos was, you know, there's one, there's two, and then three doesn't exist, and all that stuff. But this guy, I mean, he knew what he was talking about, and he talked about the whole recruitment process and how guys get sucked into it and what happens Mm, in the neighborhood and the battle between the dads who want the kids to do the right thing and then the other guys who want to do the wrong thing and the lure of the money and all of that. Wow. And I thought that was just such a romantic thing for this guy to say. Of course, he got shot on the way out of the lunch, but... It was a. It, Did he pick up the tab first, though? Oh no, no, because well, you know what's really Take funny. The cannoli. I will just say this: having been around the yeah. sinners and saints of this particular town my mm. entire life, the most amazing thing: mm. they only carry cash and they have a dumb phone. They don't have a smartphone because you cannot trace the dumb phones. Gotcha right there. I'm going to leave you with this final thought because yeah. the Major League Baseball season has just recently kicked off, and I love it. You know. We're we're seeing games and there are limited attendance. Fans are there. The broadcasters are at the ballpark. And it always brings to mind Field of Dreams. And the Field of Dreams game is scheduled to be played later this year at the famous field. Uh, but just always remember this, Ro, and, and our mm-hmm. fine listeners. When it comes to portraying Shoeless Joe Jackson, D.B. Sweeney in Eight Men Out wins over Ray Liotta in Field of Dreams because Ray Liotta could not hit left-handed, so they turned... Shoeless Joe Jackson into a right-handed ghost batter in Field of Dreams. And it's still a great film, but Shoeless Joe was a lefty, not a righty. And D.B. Sweeney lives in Chicago to this day because of that role. So there you have it. We end this whole thing. Did he ever go the wrong way on Lakeshore Drive like Harry and Sally? I don't think so. I I doubt it. We could ask him, but he's... He is here. We see a D.B. all the time. So there you have it. And don't forget, if you want to sign up for Beat the Experts, you want to take us on in the big awards ceremony that's coming up and figure out who the winners and the losers are going to be, you know, from that uh, thing that's... Uh, the Academy Awards. We can okay. Right. Go to... AmericanEagle.com slash ballot. AmericanEagle.com slash ballot. All 23 categories in a row. It's a wide open race. We're going to do specials about this as we get a little bit closer to the Oscars. But I've been looking at some of the odds on the gambling websites and, mm-hmm. the, and the experts... And in even a lot of the big categories, the the odds are narrowing. A lot of the you know seemingly absolutely surefire favorites are now kind of in with a couple of others, including a best picture. So we can talk about that. So go ahead, make your picks at AmericanEagle.com slash ballot. All you have to do is fill out the ballot and sign your name and give us your email. We're not giving your email out to anybody else. We're not asking you to sign on for the podcast. This is a free contest open to all with one winner winning an amazing movie prize package. This Rowan Roper podcast is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. AmericanEagle.com is a full-service, global, digital agency providing best-in-class web design, development, hosting, digital marketing services, and much more. Visit AmericanEagle.com for more information. Executives in charge of production for Screen Time with Rowan Roper, Tim Alanius, and Renee Nelson. Music and production director, Ryan Altimer. See you next time.